0: This
1: is scaring, is sharing.
0: It's the place where we share our scares. Hey, hey, everybody! what's up That's our new theme song, isn't it pretty? I like it. <laughs> I'm
1: Jeremy Rusk,
0: and I'm Brandy Joe Planbeck. Hello. Um, we have a little telegram. I want to kick things off with. It's oh, from cool. friend of the podcast, Tess, or Tess. as I call her, Tashana, and it um. Relates to our mashups. And it actually, she gave a suggestion that you had given after we recorded.
1: What was that?
0: She said, I'm mid listen, but what about Rihanna Mater?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or
0: Slumber Party Massa carly Ray Jepson. I want to play this game all night. Okay, back to work. Kissy face, kissy face, kissy face. Aww.
1: Thanks, and you Tess. had
0: sent me that right after we wrapped. You said that you and Sarah were talking and yep. came up with. Rihanna, Rihanna Mater, which, <laughs> which is I think very is clever, which is great. Disturbia would fit right in there. Yeah, hell yeah, that could S&M, be the theme song. Yeah, like, I mean, there's just so much. And with Carly ray Jepsen, I thought instead of Call Me Maybe, Kill Me Maybe would be so yeah. good.
1: In reanimator too, like, bitch, better have my money. Has got to be like a centerpiece in there somewhere. That's why she comes back to life.
0: Oh, okay. That's why she's
1: reanimated. She needs, she needs, that, needs that money. The, she needs that money. That's how I see it.
0: <laughs> got to get be... that coin.
1: It's a revenge
0: uh, tale. <laughs> but yeah, if you have other horror mashups you're thinking of that popped into your mind as we were playing on our side, please send them in. We would love to hear them.
1: Yeah, I just thought of one right now, actually. It's well, a little more, wow. A little more hardcore. Uh, we could do Cannibal Holocaust, but a death metal version. So it'd be Cannibal Corpse Holocaust. I, okay <laughs> cannibal corpse is a death metal band so for oh, my death metal right. fans them uh... them yep they're that, <laughs> that, that that could work there's one <laughs> it, that already makes too much sense though that's the problem like a little on cannibal, the nose yeah a little on the nose you just take cannibal holocaust and you could just put a death metal score over it and i'm sure it'd be perfect so
0: you know, I've never seen it all the way through. I've tried. Me either. It actually. was a long time ago. I think I got to like the skinning the rabbit and I was just like, yeah, I don't want to do this.
1: I've seen bits and pieces and I've seen a few other movies from that Italian film cycle. The cannibal zombie slash zombie uh, film cycle because some of them have both. Like <laughs> there's a there's a flick called Zombie Holocaust, which has both cannibals and zombies.
0: I mean, aren't zombies
1: all cannibals? Yeah, technically. But you know, this had like they were trapped on an island. There was already cannibal like tribes people that were just living people. Okay. Uh, but then also zombies showed up because some scientist was raising zombies. So you had, they had to contend with both. It was crazy.
0: I guess technically a zombie is just a person who comes back to life, who's the living undead. I guess it, yeah. it just sort of got popularized that they like to eat people. But yes. I guess that is ne- a zombie doesn't necessarily have to be a cannibal. And if you were a vegetarian and then you died and then you came back as a zombie, what would happen? Have they explored that? I have a new movie idea. Have you heard of this movie, Otto, or Up With Dead People? (sighs) Sounds familiar. It's like a zombie, a gay zombie movie. It's really weird. I watched it a really long time ago. I remember when I used to get mail-in Netflix movies, I got it. So this was a good 15 years ago. Unlike our friend Tess, who still gets mail-in Netflix movies. But it is really weird. And I remember watching the deleted scenes, and there was like a zombie orgy. And it was somewhat pornographic. I remember someone had like a gash in their stomach and like one of the zombies like fucked the gash and like you saw like the penetration of it. It was so weird. It's a very odd movie and I don't think it was any good. (laughs) It was very strange. I remember that also happening in Human Centipede 3. If you say so. I stopped about 10 minutes in. I was like, yeah I don't want to do this it was just like the same thing with cannibal holocaust like it just got in so far and I'm like yeah no no yeah
1: there, there's a scene where the dude like somebody has like a wound or something and somebody else fucks it that's all I remember from that flick and it was set in prison so
0: yeah yeah I got to like there was like a is it called waterboarding when you like put them yeah. ma- there was like a somewhat of a waterboarding scene towards the beginning but with like boiling water or something mm-hmm. And it was just there. Like, I mean, I don't know why I didn't stop with the second one. Because I actually really like the first one. I think it's a good film.
1: The first one is a, the weirdest thing when people always ask me about it. Because I'd be like, oh, I've seen that. And you find so many people are like, I'm just too grossed out by the concept. I can't watch this movie. It's the most tasteful movie I could imagine Based on that idea, yeah, it's incredibly watchable. Actually, I don't even think it's that like repulsive. Like in you know, it feels like it wanted to be a classier movie. Like it was trying to be like a David Cronenberg, for sure, flick or a David Lynch flick. Like that's what they were going for. And then two is just heinous.
0: Ugh! It just made me so angry. It was just so bad.
1: Part two was like apparently he decided to make the movie that everybody thought the first one was so he's like okay i'll make that and then they made a third which was the
0: same thing as two just trying to be as gross as possible but in color that and i feel like i've talked about this before but maybe i have maybe i haven't it all bleeds together but i hate that it's in black and white like it's like i'm trying to be schindler's list the schindler's list of horror movies and it's like you're not no the
1: schindler's list of uh people shitting and dying and bleeding and
0: and it's like, but the shit was in color. And that was just, I was, and it's weird because I like a Serbian film. I mean, I don't love it. I don't, I'm not like, oh my God, this is such a good movie. But, but there's something about it that I f- I'm intrigued by and kind of like the first Human Centipede. Like it's classier than you would imagine knowing about it. Like mm-hmm. before you watch it, like it's just glossy and not as gritty and gross. Like I thought it was going to be like one of those August Underground type of movies. I think that's mm-hmm. what they're called, aren't they?
1: Yeah, those German, they're like simulated snuff films. Yes, like yeah. I thought
0: it was gonna be like that. And it's actually like well produced and mm-hmm. well done. I mean, yes, the content is, you know, questionable. But also it's supposed to be making a point. I don't really know that I get it. I think it's some something to do with Serbia. <laughs> like, I feel like if you live there, you'd probably get it a little bit more, understand yeah. politics a little better. But still just Human Centipede 2, I just thought was pure trash. Like just trying so hard to be like cool and crazy and out there and uh, just horrible.
1: Yeah. What's that one? Cause you said the August Underground, it reminds me also of, um, also German, uh, Necromantic.
0: Oh, yeah. I rented that when I was in high school. Wow. I remember. I remember they had the video covers. and I'm like, that looks like some crazy shit. had yep. like a girl like straddling like a, a like a skeleton and like cutting its throat or something. And I remember watching it. And the only thing I can somewhat remember is a girl was like having sex with a guy. I feel like there was black and white as well. Honestly. No, that one's in color there's well there's segments of it maybe I, it's I in black and white i don't remember know. just little bits of it and i remember a penis like orgasming blood i remember that i don't know if it was one or two because mm-hmm. there's two of them yeah i can't remember and then there's also well. speaking of like out there horror movies there's also the guinea pig movies which those are yeah. asian right
1: Yes, those are from, like, Japan. or But
0: similar in that, like, somewhat supposed to look really realistic to the point that people, like, get sick watching them sort of thing. But some of them, it's like a human mermaid. hmm
1: What's the, uh, uh, since we're going down this rabbit hole here, guys, the most, like, <laughs> sick and disturbing, have you ever seen uh,
0: The People Behind the Sun? No, I don't think I've ever even heard of that.
1: That's another Japanese, like, extreme... I don't even know if you call it a horror film. I guess it's horror because it's supposed to be about real life, like atrocities. It's about Unit 731, I want to say they were called. That was uh, similar to, you know, the weight the Holocaust carries in Europe. Okay. Uh, During World War II, during the Japanese occupation of China, there was a certain like military installation camp, whatever, where they took Chinese prisoners of war and experimented on them human experiments and Mm -hmm. like it was like a concentration camp where they just you know killed people there but that's what that movie is about it's like a dramatization of like what what went on at that camp which was you know heinous human experimentation so yeah i mean what redeeming quality does that really have like it's horrific it's you know realistic look some of it's realistic some of it's very because I think that one was from, like, the 80s, maybe? The People Behind the Sun? I can't remember. But, you know, it's always in those lists of, like, the most unwatchable, like, violent, unnerving
0: horror movies ever. That's Along always, with so. Salo.
1: Yeah, Salo. Yeah. Salo?
0: Salo. I'm not sure how you, I don't speak Italian. You so. say Salo, I say Salo. Let's call the whole thing off.
1: <laughs> that was one in college. I remember seeing it and being like, I don't think this is as bad as The Reputation has earned. Guess it depends on how uncomfortable you are with people eating poop. Um, but
0: like, I mean, I hope you're pretty uncomfortable with that.
1: I mean, Salo is in the uh, Criterion collection. You know, it's considered a yeah. piece of that. And that director was murdered, like after making the movie. The guy. That oh wow! It. Yeah.
0: I always get it confused with Caligula in my head because I also rented well, that as one. a high school student because it was like one of those things you could rent that was like porn but it wasn't in the porn section so you could get it.
1: Speaking of Caligula, Salo, and I think Necromantic, I saw all of those in like college and had to find them on porn sites.
0: Oh, to wow. Watch them.
1: Like they were hosted, which makes you a little uncomfortable because you're like, people are fucking jerking off to this. You know, that's oh, yeah. what's going on with these movies. But,
0: uh, oh, I did. I did to Caligula for sure. Like there was so much like real sex in that and so much peen
1: oh yeah oh, doesn't yeah.
0: someone get fisted i swear there's a couple that gets married and yeah like, somebody the gets king fisted. or whatever yeah. like fists like the guy or the girl like on like their wedding night might
1: right. be both of them
0: might be i just like i always get that scene confused with sallow salo 120 days of sodom mm-hmm. but i get them some some of the scenes inter intertwined in my head
1: Caligula, I always get hung up on the, or what I remember is when they have all the guys in the Colosseum buried up to their necks and they have that big machine that chops their heads off that comes out. like That's the part I, for some reason, that's the scene. The sex is kind of like, but it's, that's what sticks in my head. Like that's pretty horrifying.
0: There's also a big orgy, I think towards the beginning, and that's like the first time you're seeing like all this nudity and someone's drinking a bunch of wine and then someone like slices that person's stomach open. And I just yes. all like the wine comes out. Yep. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. I, I don't
1: think, I don't know. Caligula is the movie where it's like, it's they made what people think Rome was like, but I don't think there's a lot of veracity to the uh, <laughs> historical accuracy.
0: Of and it's that made movie. by like Penthouse, isn't it? Yes, Isn't penthouse like a like producer yes. or something.
1: Yep, uh, one of the yeah the owner. And Peter owns or- in it. Yes, and Malcolm McDowell is Caligula. That's I mean, right. So my weird. understanding is they made that movie initially like the directors were like we want to make an actual Roman like epic thing, and then it was the porno tycoon <laughs> producers behind it were like, well we want to make a porn movie that is art. They decided is what they were going to do, and okay, they created a mess. Because I guess Peter O'Toole and like Malcolm McDowell had no idea like they oh, wow. did all this. They did all the extra like sex shit. Like a lot of it was filmed uh, with like the second unit, and then was cut into the movie okay. later. That so makes they sense. Had, they had no idea what the finished film was gonna look like, and when they saw it, everybody was like, "Holy shit! This is a piece of
0: crap!" Like, why am I <laughs> attached to this? I don't blame them. Have you ever heard of this movie called Header? No. It, it i I think it was another one I got from mail and Netflix way back in the day because I read about it in like Fangoria or something like that. But it's this guy here, sort of this lore of people who drill holes in people's heads and fuck them, like fuck <laughs> the skull hole. And so, and it's called a header is like, what it's called like that the act that's called so he goes about like exploring if it's real or not and like gets a little too in over his head to the point where he ultimately does it or has it done to him one or the other he
1: gets it in the head
0: he gets it 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 gets into his head the dick that is
1: in more ways than one
0: yeah i remember (laughs) reading about it and then i rented it from netflix or family video no it was netflix (laughs) family video (laughs) i wonder what the most fucked up video family video had i wonder if
1: they had like caligula or something like that
0: probably not i mean i only knew of one video store that had it back in my little hometown of wyoming uh blockbuster
1: had it i remember i remember the box sitting on the shelf
0: wasn't the box like a coin or like a yes. round stone and it had like blood dripping? Yeah, it was pocket. like the Roman
1: coin that yeah. had whatever currency had Caligula on it uh-huh. and then blood coming out of it.
0: So there was like multiple
1: cuts of the movie. Like there's less pornographic versions. So it depends on like what sure. cut
0: they carried. Or uncut they carried. Or uncut. Oh, <laughs> I know that's like the
1: dream is like people are like, I'm going to edit like the version the directors actually wanted, which is supposed to be a better, me- I don't know. Okay. Who
0: knows well, now that my day is ruined no I'm just yep. <laughs> I do love, I used to get on the like back when the message boards were a thing on IMDB, which I know we've talked about like I used to get in these like rabbit holes of the message boards and finding like the most fucked up movies because you'd go on to one of these movies like the human centipede or whatever and inevitably someone would say like what are the most fucked up movies you've seen and then i would be like what the fuck is that And it was always so cool because you could just go to the imdb page check it out
1: imdb message boards that must have been where i found there's the there's a flick called taxidermia oh i've never heard, ever of that. heard yeah this was a weird one and i could I feel like I'm one of the only people in the world, at least the English speaking world, that's like seen this fucking thing. Cause it's like a Czech movie or Czechoslovakian production. Okay. I don't remember what time period it's from, but I found it in one of those lists, like what's the most fucked up. And, and it, it was a list that overlapped with like fucked up and unsimulated sex. In the movie okay uh going back to our previous conversation last Indeed. episode because there is like a sex scene in there that like story says that it was for real but it's like about different generations of this like uh family under maybe it's hungarian i can't remember it sorry eastern europe it's from there somewhere where like communism like somehow a critique of you know the communist regime plays a part of this story but like some of them are more, it's got like bestiality in it. Like, I remember a dude fucks like a tree stump, I think, in one scene. And of it's a lot of weird sex. But then there's like a guy that becomes a competitive eater, like the son of, because you follow like three generations or something of this family. And like the one guy becomes a competitive eater and then eats until he's a giant, like, in the movie it's an unrealistically like he looks like jabba the hut but then he dies and like his cats eat him or something it was fucking
0: crazy it sounds like gummo or one of those like harm harmony corinne yes yeah it sounds it, very like movie, very much
1: yeah. something along those lines and it's called taxidermia because like somebody gets taxidermed like a human
0: okay in it. and it's
1: like it was weird it feels like a fever dream when i try to explain this movie to people <laughs> but like it's out there so <laughs> If anyone wants to hunt down that, I'm not sure it has any redeeming artistic value in my mind, but whatever. But if
0: if you're listening and there is this truly fucked up movie you've seen that we have not talked about in this 20 (laughs) minutes. Yeah, because I think we've covered them all. (laughs) Write us and tell us because we've covered quite a bit. I mean, from Harmony Corrine to The Human Centipede to... Sallow cannibal Holocaust. I think we've covered quite a bit of it. So yeah, and if, you, if we've yeah, if we've made you want to go watch these, then um go to it and let us know what you think of them. <laughs> I love our spontaneous conversations. It's great. <laughs> but speaking of, you can write to us at scaringasharing at gmail.com, follow us on the insta, shoot us, slide into our DMs, just get at us.
1: Just get at us.
0: Have you have you speaking of all of this? Have yes. you watched
1: anything good or of note uh, since last we talked?
0: I realized last night that I had not watched anything horror related since we last spoke because all I've been watching is MTV's Are You the One? And I, mm. in order to explain myself, I, I don't watch a ton of trashy TV, but I do like some trashy TV. I don't really get into many of the MTV shows, but I tried last week or like a week and a half ago, the Netflix, like, play something random for me feature. Uh Uh-huh. And I did it like three times, and then Are You the One started. And I was immediately hooked. And Mm -hmm. I have, like, just gorged on like six seasons and like a week's time. Oh, jeez. It is like every living second I have... Is I'm that... watching it, because I cannot stop. It's so ridiculous. Oh, no. This is not a good show, but I'm just... I don't know why I'm so enamored by it. So last night, I was like, okay, bitch, you need to have something to talk about besides Are You the One? Mm-hmm. So I watched Scream Queen, My my mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And um, I don't know why it took taken me so long to watch it. It was so good. And just went down lots of these avenues I didn't know it was in a go-down. Like, I knew it was about mark patton and about nightmare on elm street 2 and how gay it was but i didn't know a lot of the story like i didn't know that he sort of just disappeared off the map after that i knew. came out like i, just I didn't I, know I, that
1: i knew that at part of the his story
0: and that he really didn't come back into the the picture until that never sleep again documentary they went and found him yes no one had talked to him in like 20 years yeah because he like quit acting yeah and all because like because he you know I'm sort of summarizing his words but because Nightmare on Elm Street 2 ruined his life mm. and like it's just I didn't know it was that harmful on his psyche like how everything went down but mm. it also goes a lot into like the AIDS crisis in the 80s um into homophobia this sort of queer coding in movies It was really fascinating. I also didn't know there was beef between him and the screenwriter. Like the screenwriter didn't like own up to it being like... Homoerotic? Like homoerotic. He had an interview where he talked, it was meant to be more homophobic in regards to like the woman being able to save the gay guy at the end of the movie. And he had Hmm. some quote about how it should be shown at like conversion therapy or something like that. Like Mark Patton just held this serious grudge against him. Well, I would too. Yeah, because he also said like he didn't intend it to be so gay, it was just Mark Patton was so gay that that's ultimately the product of the film. Yeah, right. Totally. But then as like queer critique sort of came out and was like, this movie is like this gay horror classic. Like it's also yeah. like a gay classic, like something very monumental in like gay cinema. And all of a sudden the screenwriter's like changing his tune, you know? Oh, that's what I meant. And this and that. And Mark Patton was like, fuck you. Yeah,
1: so it was be, kind of yeah. all
0: about getting the two of them to meet and finally have this conversation about it. Oh wow! But the journey along the way was so fascinating and it was just so good. Emotional. And just as like a, a gay horror movie lover, I found it really fascinating and I just highly recommend it. It's on shutter. Check it out. Definitely a spoiler alert for next week. will be on my top 10 of my horror movies in 2020. Mm-hmm. So, so very good. I'm going to include it even though it's about horror, but I'm going to include it. Okay. And I know you've watched something. I did.
1: I went back on a little trauma trip since we, I gave you the trilogy of trauma. It's like, I need to watch some more. I want to revisit some of the stuff I've seen before and see if it, because the way we, the Newcomb highs went where I'm like, I don't connect to these the same way anymore. I want to see what happens with the rest of their stuff. So I revisited Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger part four, um, which a lot of hardcore fans say that's the masterpiece. That's the greatest like trauma movie.
0: Oh, like above the Ridge.
1: Some do. Yeah. There's a lot. I I don't. Okay. I give it like a three stars if we're doing our star rating, it's better than I think from what i remember the other two sequels because toxic avenger two and three were very feel way less thought out and coherent like they were really like slapdash it seemed and citizen Toxie had some thought behind it but like we talked about it's it's definitely like return to newcomb high where they this is where this was made in the 2000s in in 2000 in fact i think and it went hard into like what they do now which we talked about so
0: like yeah didn't you say like No holds barred. Yes. No one is safe. Like even more so than ever before.
1: I I tried to keep track of like the the button pushing, the offensive like uh, joke. So, you know, your trigger warnings for if you go to watch Citizen Toxie would be uh, if you're uncomfortable with, let's see, ableism, racism, (laughs) uh, sexual assault, Nazism. I can't even remember. Abortion, school shootings, like it's even more than I think returned to Newcomb High, they got more in there that was button pushing, scatological, extreme gore and scatological humor. Like it (laughs) is, it's, you know, in good taste, I'm sitting there like I should be offended and angry that they like (laughs) made this movie and made this joke. But But you're a sick fuck. But I'm a sick fuck and it's trauma. So it's like they're (laughs) trying to make you upset with this movie. Um, So it is fucking out there, man. Did you like it it better
0: than Return to Newcomb High Volume 1? I
1: I think I would take it. I would rewatch that one definitely over Return to Newcomb High. Just because I think that one has more... I don't know. It's a little long. It suffers from the same thing where you're like, this movie needs like 20 minutes cut out of it. Like it does not need to be like an hour and 40 something minutes long because it's just too much. But there's some funny gags in there. So, and then I followed it up with Father's Day. Okay. The uh, Astron 6 trauma collaboration, uh, which again, speaking of like fucked up crazy movies, like That movie is
0: nuts. You're a fan, right? I remember you saying. Yeah,
1: I still enjoy it. I think that's another one where I would hover around three, maybe a three and a half. But it is, I don't know if you know anything about it or had heard of it when it came out. Like, Astron 6 were, I don't think they I think they officially, like, dissolved. They were a Canadian, like, low-budget film collective. Sort of like a trauma, but in Canada. And, like, made up of filmmakers, actors, whatever. Like, their first flick was a thing called Manborg which was supposed to be a spoof of like- Robocop? Early, yeah, a little bit. Like it was a spoof of uh, early 90s, you know, full moon pictures, features.
0: Oh, sure, uh, sure, sure, the, yeah. The
1: company. Uh-huh. uh You know, Puppet Master and all those. Uh-huh. And they did. They did a ton of real cheapo, like science fiction shit. Okay. Manborg is definitely a spoof of those, like straight to video, sci-fi, cyborgs fighting aliens. And that was like a minor hit on convention, you know, film festival circuits. So then they made Father's Day, which was kind of their slasher movie. But like, I, I don't know, they're pulling from like several genres. Like it's rape revenge. Cause like the plot is the serial killer, Chris Fuckman is <laughs> raping and killing dads. So like oh. the tag, the tagline is lock up your fathers. Uh, and then it's about like the, the you know, th- there's the, uh, It's a Catholic priest teams up with the dude who's literally named Ahab. So he's like a nod to the, you know, the Ahab concept like Riza Leslie Vernon talks about where his dad was killed years ago and he's out for revenge hunting Mm -hmm. fuckmen. Uh, And then there's like, uh, you know, the, the gay street prostitute who's their (laughs) buddy whose dad was also murdered. It's just nuts. It goes so many places, uh, they go to hell like it's fucking sorry if i'm ruining it spoilers but it's fucking nuts
0: i'm intrigued
1: a lot of uh you know a lot of butts uh a lot of fake penises getting ripped boy butt boy butt yes uh some of them are old men though uh (laughs) and uh that's okay a lot of fake penises just getting dismembered (laughs) as we talked about before as we talked about before but like It's another one that I'm like it fits into trauma where you're like this is like trying to push buttons and be offensive like Mm -hmm. it's interesting to watch them take like the I feel like it had to be a comment on these these movies like irreversible where it's usually like a beautiful woman that's Mm -hmm. subjected to this rape scene that you're like, you know, guys, I, I don't know what you're saying here because you make it so like it's glamorous looking like when, a lot of the time that's my biggest problem when they put these things in movies is somebody's gonna find this titillating i know you're trying to say it's like a bad thing or like this is you're not condoning it but when you light it beautifully you know it, it turns it into a pornography uh in a way that like i don't think you can truly convey the how horrible the, you know this act really is but it's weird to watch them do that with like a middle-aged man as the victim, but it's framed and staged in a way that looks like these other, you know, how these other movies do it. Yeah. Like, you know, where it's supposed to be partially like, and he rips the guy's shirt off and usually it's a woman. And then you see the boobs and you're like, Oh, that's thrown in there for the guys, even though this is this horrific thing or, you know, the straight guys, cause it's this horrific thing though. So I feel like, I don't know where I'm going with this rambling, but it seems like they're trying to make like, a comment on that I don't know
0: I'm intrigued
1: yeah it's 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 a weird it's like nothing you've seen before <laughs> I can
0: guarantee that and I'm not only intrigued because of boy butts I'm <laughs> an old man but like I'm just intrigued by the sort of reversal on
1: it is it's totally like they're yeah. trying to turn the concept on its head I feel is where they were oh. going with your rape revenge movies with some healthy doses of nods to like the original Halloween, but it still has trauma-style humor because there's a lot of weird shit that like slapsticky stuff that happens with this. My cats are fighting. Okay, they're done now. It's got it's got a lot of random slapsticky humor in there that like you know trauma has. It's just weird. It's a trip, man.
0: Speaking of similar holidays, have you seen the Mother's Day remake? With Rebecca De Mornay? No, I have not seen the Mother's Day remake, which, of course, is a remake of a trauma movie. I wondered if the original was trauma. I've never seen it, but I know the cover. I can see the cover vivid is all day.
1: Yeah, the the original is trauma, uh, and actually, that that remake came out of the same deal that created Return to Newcom High. Interesting, because uh, that was. Yeah, because that was a co-production with Anchor Bay, mm-hmm. where Trauma had sold the rights to like remake some of their stuff to Anchor Bay. So Mother's Day happened. Okay, uh, but then they decided that Return to Newcomb High would be a remake, but with Trauma's participation in it. So,
0: well, very. I'm would be curious to hear what you have to say about it. I would like to watch the original and then watch that one again because I like to. I can't mm-hmm. remember um, one of my favorite contemporary scream queens is in it jamie king i love her mm-hmm. she's so good yeah um, she's yeah she's she's good i love her and i love katie cassidy they're both like blonde you know sort of ingenue girls but they can kick some ass i really I was, sure. why I was so upset about nightmare on elm street just because katie cassidy was the tina role and she was just it was just i don't we don't need to get into it
1: no I'm we worth, don't need to get it's into not
0: it. worth my energy
1: yeah (laughs) speaking of lesser uh, slasher sequels remakes whatever too i did also take a peek at jason x uh out of the um the screen factory set okay uh which revisiting that one and to be honest with you i watched like the first 20 minutes and fell asleep because i put it on like last night while i was on the couch because like Like, you said they're like
0: comforting to you
1: yeah winding down so i (laughs) fell asleep uh, and I'm like, this one is definitely one of the lesser sequels. Of course, it's just it's Jason X, man. It's in space. It's like this is not going to be good. Yeah. But re- watching it on this like the new, well, the the Blu-ray in that set has a a fun little new intro done by Kane Hodder. Okay. Like, like introducing the movie uh, Jason himself. So I was like, oh, that's that's kind of fun. The
0: Jason. The you
1: know he's the Jason. But watching it like on a blu-ray like a remastered you know print of it like the movie is it always looked cheap i'm sure the budget was still like more than a lot of movies uh but it like still like does not show up on screen it looks so cheap and in high definition it looks even cheaper oh, like wow! The high definition doesn't do any service to how like how much of a like television movie it looks like wow um, just so like the the CGI effects look like a video game, and uh-huh. the, the, the sets look really like made for Sci-Fi Channel wow. TV movie. Um, so I'm like, sorry, Jason X just didn't age well in the high definition era, I guess. Wow, you know the Jason costume too. I mean, before he becomes the Super Jason, right? Uh, but when he's just like, it literally just looks like they just put a hockey mask on Kane Hodder with like very little like makeup effect and stuff. Where you're like, it's kind of weird to go from jason goes to hell which had such an involved jason you know the bloated jason as they call him in that one where he looks like a big bloated corpse i mean when he's in it yeah when he's in it uh to jason x where it just looks like it almost looks like a halloween costume on somebody where you're like yeah it doesn't seem like they spent a lot of money on the jason get up
0: in this one like in halloween four and five yeah. Like, so. what is up with that mask? Like, did you never watch the other movies? <laughs> yeah, like
1: Jason X, so I know, like, some people, it feels so much like Leprechaun in space. Which is uh, I mean, also, I bet. Like, So cheap and ridiculous. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I don't know, guys. So if you're a fan <laughs> of Jason X, I know there's Defenders out there. I mean, I like it for trash. Like, it's stupid, and it's got some fun moments in there, but generally, it's not, like, great. Okay change my mind
0: yeah what are you gonna share with me this week
1: well uh i've decided in our conversation about documentary um some people might cry foul uh because i'm actually going to give you a movie that's just flat out it's not a horror movie okay but but i feel it's a movie it's a documentary i'll give you that much Mm. um but it is a movie that i think every horror fan should see or at least can relate to And I was kind of inspired to revisit this after watching *Trauma* and seeing how, you know, watching this low budget, you know, no money, just do it, you know, chase Mm -hmm. their dream. Uh, And that movie is American Movie. Cool. Have you ever heard of it? Do you know anything about it?
0: I, in my mind, there's, I've not seen it, obviously, since we're doing it. I feel like they're like redneck-y or like, homegrown kind of guys. I feel like there's two of them who are like the main focus. And I feel like they're making a horror movie, but in my mind they're like, you know, like in the South and it's real cheap and it's all about them trying to make a horror movie. I don't know if it's successful or not, but just sort of the process of them making it. So in my mind, I always think of Dale and Tucker, (laughs) Tucker and Dale, Oh yeah, like Uh that sort of look and feel which I do like that movie. Oh my god, it's so good. They've it's been toying around movie. with us for years about a sequel. I'm like,
1: please. I know, just make it already. Please. I love Tucker
0: and Dale. It's so good. Talk about like a, a wonderful horror comedy. One of the best.
1: Mhm. But yeah, so guys, I'm I'm experimenting here with it. Yeah. I think this is a I think this is a film that horror fans can see and relate to. So that's why I wanted to give you this Heck one. Yeah.
0: No, I'm um, all for definitely it.
1: open your mind, open your heart. Because it's a very, like, to me, it's a touching movie, so.
0: Yeah, I definitely remember a lot of people talking very highly of it when it came out. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know why I didn't see it and why I have not seen it to this day, because it's at least 10 years old, right?
1: Yeah, I, I actually studied this movie in my film classes in college. I had, okay. a, a doc, I had a documentary filmmaking class, and this was, like, one of the, like, case studies, if you will, that we looked at for, you know, documentary uh, Cinema Verite, as they call it, Slice yes, of Life. Yes, which so. I love.
0: So yep. I think that, the, that they're just going to run into all sorts of issues while, while making it. And what I feel, since I haven't heard of, this is the movie created in American movie, I feel like it's going to be unsuccessful. So it's going to be about the journey and not the final product. Mm-hmm. And probably testing their friendship. Maybe they're a father and son, but regardless, testing their relationship throughout the course of making it and it's going to be harder than they think and ultimately unsuccessful in what they wanted to do. That's what I'm going for as far as plot to this documentary. Mhm. Okay. Well, I'm excited for you to see it. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. I am going to give you 2014's The Guest.
1: Oh. I know this movie. I of course haven't seen it. I know of it. Um, I can't remember the dude's name. That's the star, I think, the titular guest. I love that word,
0: titular.
1: He is, he's the lead in that show. What
0: is it? Legion, the X-Men TV series they did. If you say so. I know him from another TV show. Uh, Which show was that? Downton Abbey.
1: Downton Abbey. Is he in that? Is it? Dan Stevens.
0: Dan Stevens. Thank
1: you. That's it. That's it. Yep. He was in Legion which was based on the X-Men comic books on FX. It was weird, trippy. Uh, Anyway, I seem to think this movie is, I know it's like the guy that directed this, it's one of these up and coming filmmakers that plays around with convention. Um, It's not the Your Next guy, is it? It is. Adam Wingard. It is. Okay, yes. Adam Wingard. Yes, I know it's Adam Wingard. He likes to play with conventions. Um, I feel like the movie... Is a I know, it, uh, let's say there's a mysterious stranger that shows up <laughs> with some family for some reason. I feel like though he starts, he probably starts murdering people because I want to say this movie is a slasher movie or like a takeoff of like a slasher type convention. I can remember the trailers and shit in my head and I, it seemed to have like they were going for like a John Carpenter, like Halloween sort of. I, I, I want to relate this movie to Drive with Ryan Gosling. I've not seen
0: it. Here it's great.
1: Yeah, which is another movie, like I would almost call drive horror adjacent because of like some of the content. Uh, And I know the director was inspired by John Carpenter's Halloween in this, this sparse, like violent with your... Silent lead who is, you know, in this violent world. So I feel like it's something kind of similar to that, where it's taking something that's sort of like a slasher formula, but putting it in, into more like a noir. Like it almost feels like more like a noir type film, just with extreme violence. And I think that's what the guest is. Mysterious guy shows up on a mission of revenge for some reason. Like maybe the people don't know why he's doing it, uh, but he's like felt slighted or for some reason has to come like kill these people. Um, so that's what I think it's about. Cool. I think it's just going to be murder and mayhem. It's Adam Wingard, so I'm sure there's going to be some comedy in there, uh, random moments of comedy probably. But I think it's a movie that's going to present itself as more complicated than it actually is, like he likes to do, where it's going to introduce some like character dynamics, but then it's just going to be about the murder and mayhem as it goes forward. So that's what I think. Cool. Well, I hope you like it. I hope I like it. A little it. all over the place, but we'll see what happens. Okay.
0: Cool. Well, we'll be back in just a moment to talk more. Yep, see you guys in a second. Hear the music. Said, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more create- Guess who's back? Back again. Scary's back. Sharing with our friends. <laughs> yep, I'm we're, not we're, a rapper.
1: We're going to get it. We're going to get like a theme song that, like, we're just going like to keep sailing on it. Like a, a sing along that we're going to do. So, yeah, we're back. We watched some movies. My wife's coming in here to look at Hey, me. wifey. We're recording <laughs> right now. We'll leave that in there. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, First off, we're doing American Movie. Yes. Um, and let me read the, uh, the description for you. And that is, American Movie is the story of filmmaker Mark Borchardt, his mission and his dream. Spanning over two years of intense struggle with his film, his family, financial decline, and spiritual crisis, American Movie is a portrayal of ambition, obsession, excess, and one man's quest for the American dream.
0: I have one thing to say to you. What's that? It's all right. It's okay. There's something to live for. Jesus told me. (laughs) I love
1: Uncle Bill so much. Oh, Uncle
0: Bill. uh, This movie,
1: I saw this in college and I used to quote it all the time. And I've not like watched it since college. So like rewatching it, I was like, oh, there's so much
0: good shit in here. It's like
1: (laughs) hard to keep track of it all.
0: There is, there's a lot of good lines and and a lot of fun characters. I really enjoyed it. I, like my first, like I had numerous feelings throughout, which, you know, is mm-hmm. probably a successful sign of any film, really.
1: Especially a documentary.
0: Yeah, lots of the time I felt really sad. Mm -hmm. like especially for like his uncle like i just kept feeling bad like that he was like i in the beginning when they go to the bank and stuff i thought for sure he was going to be taken for all the money he had like i thought he was just going to keep bleeding him of his money and while he did take i I think three thousand was what he said he took from him Mm -hmm. for the for for coven
1: yeah yeah, for the uh, the investment and
0: in co. Yeah. Like, I kept thinking it was that was going to keep racking up as we went along. And I was really nervous about it. I was also had anxiety more towards the beginning than anything about like the movie getting made. And it's like we start down one track and then we go down another track as far as like which movie we're doing. And the anxiety of it getting made was there. And then it was also sweet and funny. Like, so it's just sort of all of the the feelings but like when it ended i'm like i can't like i'm sad i'm also it's sort of like enlightening and inspiring so it's just lots of things i kept thinking of jay and silent bob throughout it (laughs) yeah a little bit like i thought mike and mark were them
1: yes
0: (laughs) like a little bit more small town
1: yeah kevin smith has tapped into a certain vein of like existence in the world of of male you know existence in the world uh with his characters and these guys are definitely like from that
0: breed. yeah have you seen the whole short film coven I've, no
1: maybe once and i don't uh probably in college at some point i just i all, all i can remember is the bits and pieces from like the documentary though
0: like i just kept trying to find it right before we started to see if i could find it and it's on youtube but it's like like in a weird there's like a weird thing with the audio and it's all like inverted it's really strange so Mm -hmm. i was like okay well i won't be watching this but it's got to be out there
1: yeah i know it's on it it was a special feature on the dvd of the movie Ah, but the dvd is now uh like hard to find because i saw on amazon it's going for uh you know like 70 80 you know uh, obnoxious prices for a, a new copy and i was like okay so it's out of print somebody grabbed this thing like i'm surprised criterion collection or someone prestigious like that hasn't grabbed this and made like a new so true a new home video release
0: but and i wish i wish there would have been more of the filmmaking like and i guess like because i thought that's what this was about mm-hmm. and really it's more just about him
1: character study yeah
0: like uh, yeah, yeah total character study of mark and I just, I really loved all the filmmaking stuff, especially the scene with his mom filming him screaming in the kitchen. Yes. Was so funny. I was laughing so hard at that. I really loved that stuff. And I thought there was going to be more of that. And I'm okay that there wasn't, but I wish like that there was, cause that was the most enjoyable part to me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part of why I picked this movie too, for you to watch is just cause I, so many horror people. I know horror fans are Mark. You know, like so many aspiring filmmakers trying to make their thing and just having spent forever trying to get their horror movie. I guess Northwestern, his big uh, unrealized project to this day uh, is more of like a Hitchcockian thriller is like what he's looking at. But, you know, the man is smart. He understands how the industry works or it it worked, you know, when he was doing when this movie was made, which is you got to get something that gets people's attention first to care about you. So that's why he had to finish Coven, his, uh, or it's pronounced Coven, uh, his, uh, <laughs> his horror short to get some attention, to get some eyeballs on what he was trying to do and hopefully get investors and interest in Northwestern. And that's one thing I find fascinating too, is he, he's very intelligent, Mark. Like he's a very smart person, especially about filmmaking. Like he knows what he's talking about in, and it's in such a, self-taught, because he's a high school dropout, but you know, he's, there's moments of him talking about film as like my professors I had in uh, (laughs) my film classes. Like he knows what he's saying. He's very well educated. I feel like the happy part of the story is I was online looking up, where's Mark Borchardt today? Uh, And it looks like he's kind of continued to have a a film career in a sense where uh, I found him on some podcasts and I guess he writes for some like online film publications, doing reviews and things like that. Okay. Uh, and he's made, he's made some documentaries himself too, apparently, that have been in film festivals and whatnot. So um, he's still doing it, he's still chasing the dream.
0: Coming off the heels of our last episode where you were talking about the trauma books, like make your own damn movie, that's very much this. Like mm-hmm. it's like he has that dream and that desire and that drive and Mm -hmm. and he does it he makes it happen and i think there is it's a testament to his character the people who stick around i mean these people made COVID for three years and Mm -hmm. there wasn't anybody at least in any of the interviews who was like i've tried to get out of this five times and you know they're and they're obviously not in it for the money like they're just in it because he's so passionate about it and he just keeps coming back to it that Robert guy was the funniest. I'm like, oh, oh sure. you're a, like he almost has like an accent, like a like a uh-huh. faux British accent.
1: <laughs> I was going to say these actors that are in it too are really giving it their all too. So it's like it's just inspiring all around everyone involved is really like gung-ho to be involved in this thing.
0: That audition in the beginning when he's like none of them are doing it justice and he goes in there and he's just screaming, <laughs> screaming. his lines. Yes. Oh my God, that, that audition stuff. Because in the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is what the movie is, what I thought it was, mm-hmm. which is from start to finish, the making of a movie, or from start to total disaster, the attempt at mm-hmm. making a movie. So, And then it like just kind of goes off the rails, and it's like, no, we're going to go back and try to tackle this one we did before, because we can't really move on until we finish that one, plus we don't have the money and yep. everything to do this bigger new one that I want to do. So yeah, I appreciated that I didn't know what exactly it was and it had some, some some surprises in it. And then the end is so like poignant, the like very end. Like, hey, that there's all those people there to see it, but of course there are. It's a small town, it's a movie, mm-hmm. but then like just like the last subtitles or, you know, the things that pop up on the screen saying, like, that Uncle Bill passed away and that he left him money to finish Northwestern, which he never finished. But I also was, like, wanted to know, like, oh, but did he sell 3000 like he wanted to? Like, I wanted those sorts of updates. And I, I'm fine that they weren't there. I just wanted them, of course.
1: Yeah, this strikes me, too, as a movie where, like, I, I wonder, because I've been online trying to find some more info, and I didn't see a lot about the making of this movie, like, information-wise out there. So I wonder if the... The documentarians that made this, if they started out thinking we're going to be making a movie about the making of this low budget thing or this guy that's making low budget things, and they just realized he's so interesting, mm-hmm. really, and like he's just so rich uh, a character they found that they're like, no, we want to find out more about your life because you're just really, there's something fascinating about you. Like you're an everyman, but also just a unique character. It is a really touching movie. Every time I've Rewatched it over the years and coming at it now. Um, having uh personally gone through my own struggles with alcoholism, like to watch because there is that component between Mike talking about you mm-hmm. know he he literally died from yeah. his drug use and came back and to life in the acid. hospital, yeah, the bad acid trip he had, and then it, just watching Mike, we're clearly, or uh, sorry, Mark. Where clearly he's in an ups and downs of, you know, the throes of some alcoholism or yeah. alcohol dependent disorder. It's just very uh, relatable and very, very human, all too human there.
0: Indeed. I, I, I could definitely relate to that as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So it, it's, it's right there. It's like, oh this, this is really, gets really real and hits home there. Yeah. And I've known these people and, you know, throughout my life. And there's just something to that when he says it's time to create, and complete and not just drink and dream mm-hmm. that like could be the mantra for the whole the whole movie and Mike man, he is delightful. Mike, yeah, is delightful Mike is
0: delightful silent strength and he's just yeah, I mean anything that deals with addiction, I really get into. I'm almost three years sober in on march twenty second and so like but it's still I mean it's just in my head, my friend. Friend of the podcast, Chris, sent me um, uh, a meme recently with Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween, like smoking a joint. And I was like, God, I miss smoking pot so much. And he's like, I'm summarizing, I think, what he said. But he said something like, but hey, like, look at you now. And like, you get to be like your own final girl now. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, I love that. Like, it almost made me tear up. I'm like, I don't have to be the gay guy who gets killed off early in this story. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I can I can make it to the end of this shit and I can, you know. I can kick addiction's ass.
1: You've got the wherewithal now to be one of the lone
0: survivors. (laughs) Because it is, I mean, it's a, it's a rough road and it's interesting to see, like, because I I feel like Mike all along is sort of like, yeah, I I can't drink anymore. But then there's that time at when he wins that, I mean, he still has the addiction of gambling, which I also get because I have that addiction as well. It's like, Mm -hmm. what addiction don't I have? But. Like he's still like holding on to that one, but it's he's still also keeping it a bit of a secret for numerous reasons. Like he's not, mm-hmm. he doesn't tell them at Thanksgiving like that he won this money. Yeah. He kind of does tell them at one point about him winning the money, but he's like, but I only have 20 bucks on me. You know, like, don't try to hit me up for this. Yeah. Of dollars I won. But then, it, then Mike tries, or Mark tries to get him to go out to the bar. And it's just like, you yes. see it in Mike, he's like, I don't wanna go spend my money on beer. I'm not drinking anymore. Yeah. It's not a huge conversation, but you can just read it in his body language. And I don't know if I'm overthinking it just because of my addiction issues as well, like looking at him, but that was no. fascinating.
1: I, I, yeah, that, that whole scene too, I, I, I read it the same way. Cause I, uh, I was like, I've been on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation where Mike and uh, you know his mom are like, I'm not driving you to the bar because you're already fucking drunk. Is like how that scene unfolds. Yeah. And it's like, yep, I've been because uh, that's all Marcus cares about is like, I want to go to the bar to keep drinking because you know I'm like I'm locked into my vendor now. And it, it, yeah, I think you're right too because they're like, no, because we don't want to do that. And you're the only one that's like drunk and think
0: you're having fun at this moment. And his dad talks about how like, he would give him more money if he like, had less cussing in his movies and if he quit drinking so much. Yep. And you do see him drink quite a bit throughout it along with his uncle, but it's never like this depressing movie of watching a drunk who can't do anything with his life. Like he definitely has his alcohol issues, but it never becomes like something truly like ugly and like horrifying to watch. It's just there and it's like uh, like under the surface and it's a topic of it, but it's not like the main issue and it's not like this, he doesn't mistreat his kids or his yeah. girlfriend or like his relationship with his kids is really sweet and he yes. like takes them to like the editing studio and they all like sleep there <laughs> mm-hmm. and, but it's like endearing like it doesn't he seems like a decent dad
1: yeah and he's got that moment too uh with uncle bill where they're at thanksgiving clearly you know they don't show you exactly what happened but it was after they were drinking the schnapps and then clearly bill must have had some kind of accident or something because he's got to help wash him up in the uh in the bathtub and oh you know i didn't think for of him. that
0: i knew that they were taking a bath but i didn't think of that i must have missed that but that all makes sense
1: yeah so i think that's like what happened there was because he mentions it's like oh, and i'm doing his laundry his clothes for him so, uh, so something uh-huh. you know something must have happened yeah. and it's like you know yet another it's so relatable because you know if you've had very elderly uh relatives like i've been in that situation too another like super real moment where it's like a, i've lived through that moment too like helping out in a situation like that, and uh, it's just this movie is just such a great slice of life of um, a certain existence. It's so midwestern because they're in Milwaukee, and I'm like, it's yeah. really not everything. And the way the way it looks outside for us here in the Metro Detroit area, you know, just covered in snow right now, um, it's not unlike their Half the movie of you know in this in this movie is just how bitter, cold, and desolate Milwaukee, suburban Milwaukee looks. So I
0: thought they were in Minnesota for a while because of their accents. Mm-hmm. Like it sounded very Minnesotan. Mm-hmm. I was, And like when he talked all of a sudden about having three kids, like I thought they were like his nieces and nephews. And he's like, and these are my three kids. And I'm like, wait, what? You have three kids? Like you're just mm-hmm. a big kid yourself, you know? Yeah. And his girlfriend seemed like she was a good 15 years older than him. But like their relationship is sweet as well.
1: Mm-hmm uh yeah it's just a really touching movie and like you said too worrying about uncle bill is he going to take advantage i remember having that same thought like uh the first time i ever saw this movie too where you're like what direction are these people going to go in like is this going to be like because there is a desperation to the whole thing like the way they live it's just desperate living man but no they're decent people as the movie unfolds like you see that they're you know like the money with Uncle Bill, it literally was. He just needed the investment. He wasn't there to take advantage of him. He was just, mm-hmm. you know, his uncle. Clearly, they had some kind of special relationship, the two of them, because uh, they spend so much time together. And most of his family's pretty endearing. There's the one brother, though, that I'm like, what a, a dick. dick
0: he's like yeah i thought he was gonna grow up to be a serial killer yeah
1: he's like my brother's an idiot i thought he was gonna kill people and it's yeah. like who's this guy like what he was douche. the
0: jerk for sure what a, what a
1: douche that brother is
0: alex i think and then chris was the hooters one who i thought yeah was with the weird. hooters shirt yeah
1: yeah the one brother must have been the one that he's like my mom's gonna go have dinner with him and have a very bland conversation <laughs> about bland things and i'm like yeah it's probably that
0: guy yep that tracks
1: yeah, altogether. Yeah, this is just it's it's really a wholesome movie, like a wholesome story. Very inspiring, you know, if you want to make your thing, like look, this guy, he's very philosophical, very zen about it too. Like he's just keep you know, things go bad sometimes, but he seems to pull himself out of the out of the fire and refocus every time. So
0: Yeah, I kept thinking if they made a movie like the disaster artists where these were like played by people like i kept imagining the guy who played napoleon dynamite as him oh like yeah he could pull him off so well oh that would be really good that was just really sweet like i just could kind of, like as soon as i saw the poster like it all mm-hmm. came back to me like remembering seeing the poster knowing it was about these two dudes which is how i had that in my head that it was kind of about Mm-hmm. I think I, I said like rednecks or homegrown. I don't know that they're, I wouldn't consider them rednecks. But yeah. They're definitely like home, small town sort of, you know.
1: Salt of the earth.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and all the rest of my stuff, I mean, it's, you pretty much know it if you know anything about the movie. That's the process of making the movie. Yeah. You pretty I said much said that it would be unsuccessful. I mean, they yeah, succeeded in ready. half of what they were doing. Yeah. I I thought it might be a father and a son, and it was really more friends and then like uncle and nephew. Yeah. But at one point when the uncle like he mentioned the amount of money he had and I thought he said $280,000 and I was like is that right? Yeah, and then yeah. when you get to the end and you find out he left him 50,000 I'm like oh well that must have been.
1: It right. was. Yeah, he just hoarded away his money and just never spent it apparently on himself. Yeah, I mean it tracks too cuz you get the sense like you know he writes the songs uh uncle bill about uh, that must have been his wife who's passed now or something like that like clearly there's a uh, a little bit of a depression there with him that he's just kind of for sure just uh, you know with you know uh piddling his time away until he he's done too clearly so just living in his trailer
0: yeah mark's like what what dreams do you have and he's like i don't have any fucking dreams yeah i don't don't have dreams anymore
1: i'm just waiting till i die pretty much
0: and it's just sweet that Mark. It's like, no, like, I mean, he has all these dreams mm-hmm. and, you know, he really wants to make them happen. And it's interesting because just reading through the letterbox reviews, like some people feel like it's like poking fun at them or mean spirited, but it's totally not. I don't, I don't feel think so at all. all.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is very good good intentioned movie i actually we watched this in like i said before a documentary film class i had in college so that was like my first exposure uh and i remember everybody in the class we were all unanimously just like enraptured by this thing like these people like it was just so fascinating and i do remember shortly after that in college do you remember the channel g4
0: yes was it like a gaming channel
1: Yeah, it was ostensibly a video game channel, but they had like, they were like ahead of the curve with like nerd culture is going to blow up and rule the world. And it's like, if only they held on long enough to be part of it, like they would have become the biggest cable like network ever. But I don't, I think they were just too ahead of the curve yet. But when I was in college, they had a Halloween special on G4, which was Night of the Living Dead uh, uh, live with Mark and Mike hosting it. Wow. You know, uh, however, just, you know, a handful of years off from this movie. So they still had that cult, you know, <laughs> draw. Uh, and it was just them like, Miss, you know, Elvira, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, like hosting the movie and riffing on Night of the Living Dead. While Mark was trying to put together this like live event with a bunch of people dressed up as zombies and stuff and filming it. It was, it was, it was fun. I think you can find clips of it or parts of it still on YouTube. Okay. Uh, somebody, because everything that was ever on like cable networks, somebody has thrown onto YouTube somewhere.
0: So, my other favorite part, real quick, was when Mark was, they were at the junkyard and he asked Mike, he's like, was that cathartic for you? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, do you know what cathartic means? He's like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like he understood, yeah. even though he didn't know.
1: Yeah, he, he got it. He got yeah. there. His
0: scream when he does that one stream that they recorded is like amazing. Like, I'm like, you're such a quiet guy. And then all of a sudden, yes scream comes out of you it's it's incredible
1: like the whole movie he's just so quiet and soft-spoken like you you can tell he's clearly the kind of personality that he's not there to try and offend anybody or make any waves like even when he laughs it's just kind of like the (laughs) Just kind of cautious. We're like, you know, he wants to make sure you're enjoying whatever he said to before he laughs. Uh, but then that scream just comes out. Yeah. When he does that, it's just incredible. Like,
0: yeah. Oh man. He's the guy you want on your side for sure. He's that that really good friend that's just there for you always. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's that's exactly it. Out of uh, how many copies, uh, video copies of Coven, do you
0: give this? <laughs> I give it four out of five four out of five
1: that's uh that that's exactly where i thought you would fall with this yeah where do you fall uh five okay i just give this a flat out five this is possibly my favorite documentary oh i think ever because i can just rewatch this thing over and over
0: yeah i'd like to watch it again just knowing where it all goes Mm -hmm. and not like going into it knowing i don't have to have like anxiety about like
1: anything like
0: It's not Project Greenlight. Did you see that the year with that yes. John guy when they made um, Feast? John yes. Gallagher. Yep. Or Ga- I think that was his Gallagher. Gallagher, and that was stressful as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but I loved it. I mean, I think that's the only season I ever watched of that show.
1: Oh yeah, and Feast was fun.
0: Yeah, it was. It was fine. I did love it. It's a
1: fun movie. The sequels are not that great, but the first one is a lot of fun, so.
0: But yeah, I think I will watch this again, and I I imagine it will just grow on me, kind of knowing what it is Mm -hmm. next time.
1: I just, there's so many lines in there, too, like the... It's all
0: right, it's okay. <laughs> There's something to live for. Yeah, that, that reminded me of The Shining um, with that, how he made Shelley Duvall do that scene 122 times or whatever. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, oh God, here's our Kubrick. I also I love,
1: love uh, when he's like, this is for the birds. Kind <laughs> to do the line. That and uh, I, I always crack up, I don't know why uh, but it, it's the scene where he goes into the audition, you know, and he's screaming at the actress, like, this is how the lines are supposed to be. And then yeah. she's just like, I paid the fucking bill! And screams yep. at him, like, yep. I don't know, I crack up every oh, time. Yeah. At that he point. got just, what he
0: wanted out of it. Yep,
1: yeah, sometimes you just have to push as a director, I guess. I don't know.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, thanks for sharing it with me. I loved it. Yeah, it was great
1: yep. to see it again. So I'm glad I decided to give you that one.
0: Hell yeah. All right, let's move on to La guest or the guest in English.
1: The guest, and I feel like there's supposed to be like a synthesizer sting there, right oh, there. Really when you say every time you say the guest,
0: <laughs> so the letterbox tagline is "Be careful who you let in." A soldier introduces himself to the Peterson family, claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action. After the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence.
1: So this movie frickin' rocked.
0: Frickin' um, rocked?
1: Frickin' rocked. Uh, full disclosure too, as I started watching this, I must have seen scenes of this before. Cause there okay. were not the whole movie, but like certain scenes that I'm like, oh, I've seen this. And I'm like trying to remember how or where. Um, maybe I caught it on like, you know, cable. I don't know, at my parents' house or something like that. You know, like a Starz, like one of the movie channels in the past couple of years.
0: A free trial, I'm sure. They do love a good yes, Starz free something trial. something like
1: that. Or maybe, or maybe I was at like a party, like at a friend's house and they had people over and it might've been on TV in the background. But I feel like it was one of those situations where I was not actively like engaging with the movie, but just catching like, huh, what's going on? Oh, guns are shooting off. Oh, okay, I'd look at the screen for a minute and then go back to whatever else I was doing. But- sitting through this thing, you know, all the way through, um, this was just good. This was, this was my kind of movie. Uh, For sure. <laughs> it yeah. totally, I read after the fact that, I can't remember if it was Adam Wingard himself, the director or the writer of the script who had the, the kernel, the idea they developed, but they said uh, they came up with the concept after seeing a double feature of the Terminator and Halloween. Uh, And I'm like, that's exactly what this is. This is the Terminator meets Halloween. What if Michael Myers was also the Terminator? That's like essentially (laughs) what this this movie is. I mean, what is there to be said about it? It's, you know, mysterious guest uh, shows up. I knew your son in Afghanistan, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then don't ever trust super polite people. Like he was too polite. And that should be a warning sign. <laughs> but from there, it just like all those moments of when he starts to like unravel a little bit, just a little bit here or there, like when he gets the gun and, uh, from the gun dealer, where like for a minute, it was turning into an episode of Breaking Bad or something yeah, like that, where he's totally like, was. okay, I'm going to see the gun dealer, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, no, nah, I'm just going to kill you. And then he yeah. just murders those guys. Ethan like,
0: Embry, God, I love him. He's so hot. And I was just like, oh my God, this is... Uh,
1: Uh, this is fun. (laughs) This is taking some turns.
0: So maybe you read this if you read like the trivia on IMDb, but originally it screened at 20 minutes longer than it was. And they Mm. had a lot more explaining of like what he was. Oh. Which... The screenwriter, Simon, Simon Barrett, and the director, Adam Wingard, did not enjoy doing, but the, it sounded like they were sort of pressured into doing it that way. Uh-huh. And test audiences were like, we don't want all of that. And so I agree. They, yeah, I do too. Then they did another cut with far too little. And all of a sudden, the guys and the black, you know, SUVs just show up without anything prior to that. And oh. they were like, what's happening? So they kind of did uh middle ground they did the
1: perfect balance yeah
0: explaining just a little but not like too much but like in the explanation of like the script or like the one where they had too much essentially they said like his spine was injured and he volunteered to do a procedure that would help people deal with that would help him deal with his pain but it changed his makeup completely so he didn't feel at all and he had like no empathy or guilt and he killed a bunch of people and escaped and ironically he was chosen for this project because of his high empathy levels and he had n- been friends with caleb as he mentioned and like told him he would like look after his family so he that was sort of like his new mission was to like look after them but then when shit started going down and the guys in black showed up like the guy in the movie here says like he sort of does what he needs to to cover everything up which includes like killing the family as much as he his goal was to look out for them
1: sure So it's all very
0: interesting, but I I liked, I love the sort of ambiguousness to it.
1: Yeah, I like that there there was just enough to be like, okay, like I understand these tropes enough from similar movies where like, he was supposed to be like a super soldier. They were trying to create some kind of black ops. Like clearly these guys were in a unit where they were trying to create, you know, new killing machines essentially like guys that are going to complete the mission no matter the cost and it went south like it always does and he escaped (laughs) um i do like that without that extra explanation i feel like the way the movie is cut together now leaves. because i was wondering this too was is he even the guy like is that even his name or did he take somebody's identity like i like that ambiguity because they they don't explain that
0: there's a theory as well that he's the son which. Mm -hmm. Is like disproven but there are a lot of people who felt that that was the case that he actually was the son who went through this thing and got plastic surgery because they talk about the plastic surgery
1: um there's like a moment where the the lead um you know the lead government guy uh, is like oh you know I, i can't remember exactly what the line is but it's a response like you know, this man almost like, what name is he going by now? Like kind of attitude about it. Or like mm-hmm. he told us that he was this guy and they're like, okay, that's the guy he's using that name where it's like, okay, maybe it's not even, this is like some other person that we don't even know who they are.
0: And I just think the only thing that makes it seem like he is probably the guy is I feel like he comes to the family because he probably did make some sort of Agreement to the now dead soldier of like I'll look after your family since that's like what he, the only reason he seems to come there is to like look after them and make yeah. sure people aren't fucking with them and that they're getting the absolute best that they can and if anything stands in the way he will make sure that that is removed.
1: Yeah, I I love that uh, that <laughs> bit of advice to the the teenage son when he's just like, somebody fucks with you, you just stab them. Uh, (laughs) And if that, if that doesn't work, like burn their house down with their family inside, like, what are they going to do to you? Uh, (laughs) And I'm like, okay, this is great. Like life lessons from the psychopath is exactly. uh." But also how later he's just like, I know you're fucked up and there's something wrong with you, but I don't care because you're my friend. Like, I'm not going to help them stop you. And I'm like, Cool. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's
0: like a really fucked up version of that '80s movie, um My Bodyguard, where uh-huh. like the, the like the bullied kid and you know he has someone older and cooler like looking out for him. He's, so it's yeah, like he, the fucked up version of that.
1: He's like, sure, you're killing people, but I don't care because it doesn't affect me. Like, what a teenager, right there.
0: Yeah, but what a lonely, sad teenager. I yeah. loved him. He was so cute, Luke. Yeah.
1: Yeah, everybody was really good in this movie. Uh like the dad of course is like uh, his name's escaping me right now, but I'm like dude from ER, you know, like he's a character oh. actor that's in uh everything. Um so he was in 7, right? He was the guy that was st- uh stuck to the prostitute. Oh, someday. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I believe that was him, but yeah, he was he was one of the surgeons in ER like a billion years ago. So
0: and I love Micah Monroe. I think she is so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. She's just so real. And I just love her. Like, I want to know her and be friends with her. Like, I love It Follows. I've seen it so goddamn many times. And she's just so good in it. And she's she was in one of those Quibi shows, which, you know, RIP Quibi. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're all available on one of my streaming sites. I think it's called The Stranger or something. And I keep meaning to watch it, but I always forget. Yeah. Um, but I know she's the lead in that. And it's a similar vibe, you know, sort of a, a thriller, psychological thriller. And I just, I love her. I hope she does more for
1: This is also a movie I loved. I was just having so much fun with it because of the Halloween theme in there too. I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to watch this next Halloween season for sure. Um, And I was having so much fun with it. I was trying to think of like, what would I like double feature this with? Um, Mm. So I was looking online uh, to see like, if this movie's had pairings out there that people have done. And It Follows looks to be a very popular one that people keep pairing this with.
0: Yeah, I could Um, see that.
1: I saw one, I don't know if they were like a blog or like it was an actual screening somewhere, but somebody had, it was The Guest and the original Halloween two together as where they were like they're both movies uh that are sort of uh like parodies riffs of the slasher genre uh, about an unstoppable killing machine like terrorizing a town and i'm like okay i could see how those two would fit together definitely because this movie too feels like this whole thing is just an ode to John Carpenter is what I thought oh, the, the whole time. Oh, the
0: music is so good. I yeah, love it. It's
1: got the music. It's as if you took like the first three Halloweens because there's references to two, Halloween two and Halloween three in there.
0: And Halloween four. Like there's like the six armed like witch. Oh yeah. And it's like, that's in like one of the opening of Halloween four, I think.
1: Yeah. And then it's got the the masks, that moment yeah. where he turns around and there's the three, the silver shamrock masks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And in the beginning, not the beginning, towards the middle, when she's calling to be like, "What happened to this guy?" to the army information people, Uh, and she's like, "Oh, I found out he died in a hospital accident where the oxygen tanks lit on fire, and that's of course how Michael Myers dies in Halloween too." But yeah, it's as if you took those Halloweens, threw in a dash of Escape from New York. I've not seen that. Maybe uh, one day, perhaps. <laughs> uh, and then sprinkle in like a little bit of the attitude from They Live. Because I kind of like the action. Give yep. me a little bit of a They Live vibe. It, it blended all together and you got this movie. That's really what this is. Like, um, man, it was just great. And Dan Stevens is just oh, fantastic.
0: So and like they, they only wanted him, but he was super skinny when they started. And he had to like bulk up, which I guess if you pay close attention, his size fluctuates. Mm-hmm. all over the place but they filmed like his shirtless scene like last because he wanted to. yeah get he had
1: rest. to because i was like holy shit yeah he must have been hitting the gym hard man because um like i said i'm used to him in the show legion where like the whole first season of that show he's in uh like a mental institution and yeah he's like just a tall lanky guy uh normally so i'm like oh wow okay yeah he uh he got in good shape for this actually another movie that this I got similar vibes to where I'm like, I would almost pair this The Guest and then Nightcrawler. Did you ever see with that Jake one? With Jake Gyllenhaal? With Jake Gyllenhaal. No, I want to. Um, it, where that's another, like, it's not a horror movie because I feel like this is not a horror movie. The no, Guest. It's,
0: it's just, there's a, a trivia thing that says it's intentionally structured as a horror movie with the pace of a thriller. But it definitely is more of a thriller than a horror yeah. movie. Yeah. But it's playing with
1: like the conventions of a slasher movie of a horror movie. Like it is using the language. It's almost hard to explain unless you watch the movie, everybody. Um, But it's like content wise, it's not a horror movie, but it feels like one, Mm -hmm. which is the same thing as Nightcrawler, where it's a thriller. I've seen it described as a neo-noir but when you watch it, it feels like a slasher movie or it fe- has the feel of a horror movie because it's another film that's a character study of, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's character who's just does some despicable things throughout the course of the film and you're just along for the ride. So those two movies, I was like, yeah, The Guest and Nightcrawler might be a fun pairing to do of just uh, mystery men uh, doing some awful things. So there you go, guys.
0: There's a couple of nods to your next as well. Like when they're in the party the masks. early on, there's the masks. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, when they're in the gym, your next is like written on the wall and like blood at one point. Oh, and you just like barely see it, but I yeah. saw it in like the trivia. Yeah. I'm like, oh. It looked like you could see it on the wall. Like, okay. Yeah. I remember
1: something up there, but I was just like, this was also one of those movies that by the time they got to those parts at the end, I was just so like, what's going to happen next? Like, I was so into <laughs> it that I was barely paying attention other than watching the action unfold. So,
0: and two movies that Adam Wingard is listed as being the director of that are in development on IMDb are I Saw the Devil. I guess they're supposedly remaking that. Oh, wow. Have you seen the original?
1: Uh, I watched like part of it. long time ago it's another one of those part of it it's another one of those movies where like i have so many that like something's on netflix and i started it and for some reason never came back it it, is long as fuck
0: but it's so good
1: that's one of those where i watched like bits of it and then just never completed so
0: and also he's listed as being the director of the remake of event horizon they're
1: gonna remake event horizon
0: i mean it's list he's listed as being the director in development for that so who knows but he could do it
1: I could yeah. see Adam Wingard's sensibility like helping. I wasn't that.
0: crazy about the Blair Witch reboot that he did.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch it. So,
0: um, but I love this, and I love Your Next, and I'm intrigued for Kong versus Godzilla. Yeah, which got pushed back again. Saw, again, I just saw the news. They Shut up. They we pushed just it. Talked about how they. We them.
1: just talked about it. How they pushed it up to March. They've um, now pushed it back to May.
0: Oh no. So, yep.
1: Yep. We gotta wait. No. We gotta wait. Well, that gives you time. Maybe I can give you the Godzillas that precede that one.
0: That's true. Oh,
1: so I guess you'd have to watch Kong Skull Island too at some point if you want to see that. I yeah. think so. I have not.
0: Um, just real quick, one review I read that I loved was Matt Glasby from flicks.co.nz said, Ooh. if the guest were a color, it would be the neon blue of its title card. A little bit of a show off, a little bit retro, but it'll definitely brighten your night. And
1: I oh, love that. Oh, hell it, yeah. It is that. Oh, and uh, tying back to um, uh, as we were talking about alcoholism with the prior movie, I've also been in the situation, I found it very relatable, where they're in the bar uh, and he's like, order drinks from, uh, for the, those guys as girls. And it's like, well, what about the dudes? And, uh, okay. Send them Cosmopolitans. (laughs) And I was like, ah, the shit's about to go down. Cause it's like, I've been in those situations in the bar (laughs) before too. Like that's, uh, you're expecting something to happen. So, um, yeah, I was just like, that's, that's just good writing right there. (laughs) Like very realistic. So. Yeah. So um, good. So out of
0: how many grenades would you give this out of five? (laughs)
1: um real quick i was i went online and i was looking for uh merch related to the guest because i was like i seem to remember somebody like did a run of t-shirts uh you know one of these horror movie t-shirt people it was cavity colors by the way but i did see like on a you know, T public or Redbubble or somebody like that. They had like a little animation of him holding the grenades up, like a little cartoon drawing of him with the grenades <laughs> in his hands. So like, that's an awesome t-shirt. Uh but I give this four and a half grenades.
0: Oh wow. I thought you were gonna mm-hmm. give it three and a half.
1: No, I was so. I was into this. Once once it gets going, once the action happens, I was like, I was so locked in. Um so yeah, I loved this.
0: Awesome. I think I give it three and a half. I don't think I do. I give it three and a half. I, I really do like it. I I just don't. I don't love it, but I I like it a lot. I think it's a lot of fun.
1: I I wanted to like for some reason. I was like trying to trick myself into rating this lower after I watched it, where I was like, <laughs> it was okay. It wasn't that good. And then over time, I was just like, no, it was fucking awesome. So
0: good. We had two hits this week.
1: Yeah, two hits. Two really good ones. Um, watch us not keep this up. Next week will be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't curse us uh, i'm trying not to Seven days i
1: bet i bet uh next episode we will hate each other's picks and that's that
0: wow that's no hope right there no <laughs>
1: i mean i don't know if i could ever no you know i'll find something that's like tetsuo. will
0: i'll find another oh good please
1: <laughs> i'll find another grating <laughs> nonsensical film for you
0: oh i was thinking about connections and i i think that they both deal with like small towns and like um and families like families within small towns that that's the connection i came up with
1: my connection uh was they both have determined male leads Who are going to accomplish their mission no matter what? They don't
0: care. Perfect. I love it.
1: That's how I saw it. Yeah,
0: that's deep. And your prediction mysterious stranger shows up with a mission, a revenge to a family. He felt slighted, has to come to murder these people, starts murdering people, a take off of the slasher film. Partially right. I mean, it wasn't really. The revenge wasn't on the family. It was more to protect the family, but then ultimately to get rid of the family.
1: Yeah, then he's like, they know who I am. I've got a, uh, oh man, and that ending too. Just perfect.
0: So perfect.
1: Yeah. I was like, yes, okay, you need the the killer still alive. Like any good slasher movie, he's not actually
0: dead you did say it was, you want it to be kind of like Drive. And I kept seeing that pop up in reviews I read where people were comparing this to Drive. So you were Yeah, right, I just right remember that,
1: I remember getting that vibe uh, from the trailers when this came out, like a little like retro Cause like Drive also, you had enough, Drive though is more distinctly a like crime thriller. uh whereas this, of course, feels like we set a slasher and has more horror tropes. Like, Drive is more distinctly a crime thriller. But it does have that, you know, Ryan Gosling in that is the unstoppable, like, man of mystery. He's going to complete his missions as he gets them, Uh, gets caught up in some family stuff and commits violent acts i mean it's and it also has a synthesizer score to that movie too so it's like okay i can see how people would compare these so
0: and we yeah also our movies this week neither one of them were a straight up horror movie but it's our podcast and we can do what we want
1: that's right guys and i'll probably (laughs) i've got a couple others if since this was successful in my mind i've got a couple (laughs) others that are not truly horror movies but i feel are close enough or important enough that they'll probably pop up in the coming weeks i'll give them to you so
0: well please write to us scaring is sharing at gmail.com follow us on the insta scaring is sharing let us know what you think of these movies if you hate us for picking them tell us what you want us to watch whatever anything and everything what movie mashups you think should happen just hit us up something anything Listen fill, to us, please. Fill our boxes with your words. Fill
1: the box with your hot words. <laughs> we want to know, have you seen Coven?
0: <laughs> yes, please. Have you? Where can we watch would, it? Would
1: you let the guests stay at your house?
0: You know, come on, let us know. I definitely would, just to be clear. Just Fuck, <laughs> fuck yeah. Come on over, please. Uh, only if he gives me a butterfly knife. he's gonna give me butterflies in my stomach oh and not a butterfly knife in my stomach hopefully
1: i hopefully not you can't don't (laughs) compromise his mission no well jeremy this was a blast as always as as usual like a couple of grenade blasts yeah local diner that's right that's it sweet screams that's we're working sweet screams everyone (laughs) (laughs) i want to make something happen we got to have I think that's our new sign out, I guess. Is the sweet screams.
0: Yep, sweet screams to one and all. One and all. And keep sharing your scares. Because scaring is sharing. Bye. Till next time, kiddies. Scaring is sharing.
1: Scaring is sharing.